Uh, let's begin our flower communion with a story about Norbert Chopik and that first flower communion that was held in 1923. Dr. Chopik founded the Unitarian Church in Czechoslovakia, and he wanted to plan a service that would bring people together. After the first service was so successful, this became a tradition in his congregation. On the last Sunday before summer recess of the Unitarian Church in Prague, all of the children and adults uh, participated in a colorful ritual which gives concrete expression to the humanity-affirming principles of our Unitarian Universalist faith. Chopik's wife, Maja, brought the flower communion to the United States in 1940, and this ceremony has become a tradition in most Unitarian Universalist congregations today. Let's begin by thinking about the awakened earth and the beauty of flowers in spring. This is a favorite time of year for many of us. Everything is growing around us. The darkness and death of winter is gone and we have new life. We have more sun, more daylight. The forsythia, the daffodils, the tulips, the flowering trees, they were everywhere we looked a few weeks ago. Uh, we're seeing irises and roses now. Soon we'll be seeing crepe myrtles and daylilies. These vibrant, beautiful colors wake us up and tell us that we are alive and all around us is life. Notice the beautiful colors of spring flowers. Notice the trees, the insects, the birds, they're singing to us, one particularly loudly out there today. Uh, nature reminds us of our connection with everything and everyone. The wonder of nature gives us a sense of awe or reverence for life. Nature reminds us of the need for peace and contemplation, it helps reduce our stress. Nature gives us pleasure. Nature gives us hope when we experience the beauty of new life in the spring or when we see the strength of a flower growing through rocks on a hillside. Nature keeps us in the moment, lessens our worry over work and life stresses. Nature is our teacher. These flowers are our teacher this morning. So let's begin our flower communion. Enter into the communion of flowers. It has taken long months beneath cold ground for these flowers to prepare their blooming. It has taken each of us long times of growth through sorrow and joy to prepare for our living now. The blooming season is short. The flowers stay only a brief time. We are travelers upon the earth, travelers through all brief times. Therefore, let our moments be bountiful. Let us rejoice in our unique colors, aromas, and sounds. Let us celebrate together in love, that as we travel away, we take with us the memory of golden hours together among the flowers. Listen to this poem written by Reverend Richard Gilbert. It reminds us of the many meanings that flowers have in our lives. Speak, flowers, speak. Why do you say nothing? The flowers have the gift of language. In the meadow, they speak of freedom, creating patterns wild and free as no gardener could match. In the forest, they nestle snug carpets under the roof of leaf and branch, making a rug of such softness. At end tip of branches, they cling briefly before bursting into fruit sweet to taste. Flowers, can you not speak joy to our sadness and hope to our fear? Can you not say how it is with you that you color the darkest corner? The flowers have the gift of language. At the occasion of birth, they are buds before bursting. At the ceremony of love, they unite two lovers in beauty. At the occasion of death, they remind us how lovely life is. Oh, would that you had a voice, silent messengers of hope. Would that you could tell us how you feel, arrayed in such beauty. 
The flowers have the gift of language. In the dark depths of the death camp, they speak the light of life. In the face of cruelty, they speak of courage. In the experience of ugliness, they bespeak the persistence of beauty. Speak, messenger, speak, for we would hear your message. Speak, messenger, speak, for we need to hear what you would say. For the flowers have the gift of language. They transport the human voice on winds of beauty. They lift the melody of song to our ears. They paint through the eye and hand of the artist. Their fragrance binds us to sweet-smelling earth. May the blessing of flowers be upon you. May their beauty beckon beckon to you each morning, and their loveliness lure you each day, and their tenderness caress you each night. May their delicate petals make you gentle, and their eyes make you aware. May their stems make you sturdy, and their reaching make you care. One more poem by Mary Oliver called The Sunflowers. Come with me into the field of sunflowers. Their faces are burnished disc. Their dry spines creak like shipmast. Their green leaves so heavy and many, so heavy and many, fill all day with the sticky sugars of the sun. Come with me to visit the sunflowers. They are shy, but want to be friends. They have wonderful stories of when they were young. The important weather, the wandering crows, Don't be afraid to ask them questions. Their bright faces, which follow the sun, will listen. And all those rows of seeds, each one a new life. Hope for a deeper acquaintance. Each of them, though it stands in a crowd of many, like a separate universe, is lonely. The long work of turning their lives into a celebration is not easy. Come and let us talk with those modest faces, the simple garments of leaves, the coarse roots in the earth, so uprightly burning. Mary Oliver reminds us through her poem that people may feel lonely. It's not always easy to turn our lives into celebrations. The sunflowers, like people, are often shy, but they have good stories and they want to be friends if we will take the time to care and make connection. We use flowers in our ceremony this morning to help us symbolize the love and caring for others in this UU community. We build our community here by respecting each other, caring for each other, and being helpful to others. Our community here is diverse. We are all different, just as these flowers here this morning are all different. Each of us is beautiful in their own way, just like each flower is beautiful. Some of these flowers could represent young children, toddlers, curious, busy, full of life, all different in their own way, just like these flowers are different. If we help our children keep love in their hearts and build community here, they will pass it on to others as they grow up. Some of the flowers might represent uh, Unitarian Universalist teens or young adults. We hope they will grow to be free to be themselves. Some of these flowers could represent the adults in this congregation. Here we are, thorns and all, just like these flowers. We know that we, you, you adults, are imperfect. We must be conscious of our differences so we can build our community and find some common ground. We can let some of these flowers symbolize people living all over the world. Maybe we will never see them face to face or touch their hands, but we can still warm our hands on their hearts because we know that their hopes are like our hopes, their pain is like our pain, their love is like our love. These flowers here today were brought by many different people and they were put in these containers. They stand for all of us here today. 
These flowers, so lovely today, of course, will fade tomorrow. But the love among families and friends and among members of this congregation will be strengthened as we stay together in community. Today we have brought our flowers and our love and caring of others to brighten our church and to gladden our hearts. Whenever Dr. Chopik conducted the flower communion in Prague, he would say this proverb as he consecrated the flowers. I'll read it to you now. Infinite spirit of life, we ask your blessing on these your messengers of fellowship and love. May these flowers remind us of the value of comradeship, of doing and sharing alike. May we cherish friendship as one of the most precious gifts. May we not let awareness of another's talents discourage us or sully our relationship, but may we realize that what, whatever we can do, great or small, the efforts of all of us are needed to do the work that needs to be done in this world. Now, most of you know the tragic part to this flower story. Um, when the Nazis took control of Prague in 1940, they found Dr. Chopik's ideas of the inherent worth and beauty of every human being to be, as the Nazi court records show, too dangerous for the right for him to be allowed to live. <coughs> Dr. Chopik was sent to the camps at Dachau. He died there in the concentration camp. His wife, Nausea, was not able to return from the United States until World War II was over. The important message of human hope and decency promoted by Dr. Chopik live on through this flower communion that we celebrate today. The UU flower communion is an important legacy to this man who tried to live by loving others at a time in history when love was absent, when hate was the order of the day. What a gift we've been given by Dr. Chopik. His message is that each person is special and should be appreciated just as flowers are special and are to be appreciated. Chopik said this at that first flower celebration in 1923. He said, all human beings are created in the name of joy and happiness, but thousands of troubles surround us, tormenting us with sadness. He said, if a person cannot see beauty in the world around them, then troubles and sadness tie them down. The beauty of the clouds floating in the sky, the beauty of the, of the spring rain, the beauty of flowers, the beauty of friendships and love. May people see that beauty, he said. May true humanity spread out, human heart, spread out in human hearts. May we all get our daily bread. May people forgive each other their trespasses and not bring each other into temptation through hatred. And he said, may peace spread out across all of the earth. Remember that the flower communion signifies that we are all joined together as one. Notice that the flowers we have here today are all different. Even the ones that seem not to have their own uniqueness. If you look close enough, they are all unique, just like we are all different and unique. In a few moments, I'll ask each of you, if you'd like, to come forward and select a flower. Uh, select a different one than one you brought that particularly appeals to you. As you take your chosen flower, notice particular shape and beauty. Remember to handle it carefully. It's a gift that someone else has brought to you. It represents that person's unique humanity and therefore deserves your kindest touch. We affirm the worth and dignity of every person and we accept one another and value each other and the gifts we each bring to this congregation. So now it's time for each of us to come and select a flower. Um, Austin will play for us. Um, everyone is welcome to participate. Uh, whether you brought a flower or not, um, there are plenty of flowers. Um, there are plenty of flowers here. 
Um, and so uh, we'll begin with the people on this side of the room. If you'd like to come forward and get a flower. Wait. Listen to Gary Kowalski's meditation for our flower communion. He wrote, take a moment now to contemplate your flower. Notice it has a center, a focal point from which everything radiates. Ask yourself where your own center lies. Flowers stretch up towards the life-giving sun. Ask yourself, toward what lofty aim does your own soul aspire? Flowers have roots hugging the earth. Ask yourself, where do you draw your own strength and nourishment? As we go forth this day, may we grow in beauty and light and cheer and joy and share our gifts as freely as these pleasant flowers bloom. So as we come to the end of the flower communion, let's listen to these words by William Rice. Let us be thankful for the persistence of flowers and open ourselves to their long wisdom. Often they grow in spite of terrible winters and miserable summers. Strange beauty greets us in unexpected places as if there is a particular grace that is stronger than our carelessness and indifference. But when we tend our gardens with love and care, the reward can be greater than the effort. Thank you all for participating today.